0: Welcome to East Hills Alliance Church. Real people experiencing real change because of a real Savior. As we um, head toward Christmas uh, next weekend, uh, for just a second as we get into our message here, I want to uh, talk specifically about Christmas Day and Christmas story. For, for just a moment here, the Christmas story, I think it's easy to think of it as a beginning. It, it is the uh, beginning of uh, Jesus's uh, life, death, resurrection, of uh, the most important story ever told. It is also midstream in a larger story. It is another chapter in God's story of giving himself to his people, giving himself to his creation, the ones he has made and loves. And he has been doing that since the very, very beginning. And it is at Christmas time, as we think about Jesus, that we reach the climax or high point of that story as God's giving of himself to the people happens over and over throughout the Old Testament. Even as people are unfaithful and wander away, he, he faithfully brings them back into relationship and gives himself to them again and again. Until one day, a baby boy that is miraculously fully God and fully man is formed inside the womb of a teenage girl named Mary. And we see God's giving of himself become flesh and blood. His love for us become incarnate in a human being. Scripture tells us that God is love and that the Christmas story is driven by that love. For God so loved the world, it is famously said, that he gave his son so that all who would know his son would have life. And as an early church uh, writer and leader, church planter named Paul reflected on the uh, life of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, on what Jesus accomplished through his uh, death and resurrection, he wrote to the, the Roman church, and he said this in, uh, in Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 38. Paul writes, reflecting on this love of God that drives this story. He says, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. That Jesus's life, that what he showed us, what he demonstrated, what he taught, what he accomplished through his death and resurrection is God bringing or bridging the gap between his holiness and our mess. And he's saying because of Jesus and what he accomplished, nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And some of you feel like you have gone through hell Some of you feel like there is a power of hell attached to your life, something that maybe you have held on to for dear life, hoping that somehow this thing would fill you and fix things and make it all better. And I want you to know that whether you feel like hell has happened to you or you have chosen it over and over again, that nothing, not even the powers of hell, can separate us from the love of God and that that's what Jesus was sent to demonstrate to us, that God would cross those divides and bridge those gaps and give of himself to let us know, to let you know that nothing can separate you from his love. The Christmas story is God's love revealed in human form, and it is a love of pursuit. It is God coming to to us, coming for us. It's, it's a love of peace. God coming to the hurting and the disturbed and the broken and offering his peace and his love. It is a love of humility. God giving himself, humbling himself to demonstrate his love for us. That same early church writer, Paul, wrote in a different letter to the Philippian church. He wrote this of Jesus. He said, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. God giving himself to us, for us, out of his love for us, out of his love for you. So how are we supposed to respond to a love like that? A love that would give up divine privileges just to be communicated to us. If we backed up a verse in Philippians, we would see Paul tell us that we are to have the same attitude that Christ had, that we are to love others in the same way that Jesus has loved us, humbling ourselves, laying down our privileges, taking the place of a servant to communicate love to those around us. When Jesus himself was asked how are we to respond, essentially. He was asked, what is the greatest commandment? What is it that God is calling us to do to respond to all he has done for us? In Mark chapter 12, the uh, gospel writer Mark uh, offers this quote from Jesus. Jesus replied to this question, what commandment is most important? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this, Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. So we've been talking this Christmas season about how to love God with all that we are, how to love God with all of our heart. And we talked about how that's uh, really representing everything that is inner life. So uh, Jesus expands this, this Old Testament quote, right? He's quoting an Old Testament uh, Jewish prayer. And he, the Old Testament prayer says, heart and soul and strength. And Mark adds mind in here. Because the ancient Hebrews didn't have a concept for mind. Everything happened in your heart, your desires, your thoughts, your emotions, your memory. We're to love God with all of that, all of our inner life, all of our heart. We're to love God with all of our soul. We talked last week about surrendering our whole life to God because he is good and worthy of it. He's demonstrated his love for us. And we're going to talk this morning about loving God with all of our strength. Love God with all of your strength. Now, again, going back to the uh, Old Testament prayer that Jesus is quoting, written in in Hebrew, there is a perfectly good Hebrew word for strength. uh, And this word here is not it, actually. We've interpreted it as strength. Uh, Other languages have interpreted it as wealth. We interpret it as as strength in part because to interpret it directly would lead to a very strange sounding English sentence because the Hebrew word there is ma'od and it means very. So the sentence would say something like, we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our soul and all of our very, which is kind of funny sounding and kind of thought-provoking. Very, ma'od, shows up all the time in Scripture. In Genesis chapter one, God is creating the world one day at a time, and at the end of each day, he says, this is good. And at the end of day six, when he's ready to rest and he has made what there is to make, he says, this is ma'od good. It's very good. A little later in Genesis, uh, one of the fathers of the faith named Jacob who was, uh, I mean, his name means liar. He was a mess. Uh, and his father-in-law tricked him into marrying two of his daughters. And that's a strange story. And then Jacob goes and decides to trick him back in- into helping Jacob become uh, wealthy. Jacob decides he's gonna uh, take, take some uh, wealth off of his father-in-law's hands. A- and uh, scripture says that it worked so well, he became ma'od, ma'od wealthy. Very Very wealthy. Essentially, this says that we are to love God with all of our muchness, all of our very. I think a better word for us to use this morning that I am uh, borrowing from a, a Bible teacher, pastor named Tim Mackey, is the word capacity. That to love God with all of our strength is to love God with all of our capacity, to love God with all your strength, to love God not just with your excess, not just with your minimum, but with all of your capacity, with all the love that you are capable of giving, love with all you are and all you have. Now, we're going to talk about capacity, I think the question, how much, is going to come up fairly quickly in that conversation. As in, okay, so I'm supposed to love with my capacity. Well, how, how much is that? And, and some of us are, are people pleasers. So uh, the situation goes something like, your boss comes to you and she says, I really, I need more out of you. You're, you're, you're giving a lot, you're doing great, that's wonderful. I, I need more, I need more out of you. And, and in our desire to, uh, to, to make her happy or uh, into, to uh, do well in, in the business, uh, whatever it may be, we're gonna pop the microphone a couple times. Sorry guys, we're gonna get that straightened out and I am going to try to not do whatever I'm doing to cause that. Um, and and we, we say, okay, you want more, what? how much do you want? Like you just, you tell me how much do you want for me? I, I, I want to, to be a great employee. I want to do great for you. I want to do great work. How much, how much do you need? And, and we wrap it up in words like, well, I'm just trying to make other people, uh, you know, I'm trying to set people up for success. I'm, I'm trying to make the business successful. I'm, I'm trying to make sure other people are taken care of, trying to make sure my family's taken care of. And, and uh, what we really mean is uh, I think that I need to somehow earn other people's love and acceptance. So how much? How much do you need? I, I will give you what you need. I will overextend myself. I, I will go ab- above and beyond what, what I'm probably am physically capable of doing to the point of burnout or breakdown because just how much? How much do you need? On the flip side, uh, all of us, have been hurt by other people, right? It's part of the uh, human life. We get hurt by other people. And for some of us, that has made us very cautious and, and a little suspicious. So, so the how much question is, is a suspicious, uh, cautious question. Like somebody says, well, I, I need you to, to work with all of your capacity. Yeah, how much? <laughs> how, how, how much is that? Because I... Last time I gave somebody my all, I got burned. So, so how much? And it's, and it's a minimum question at that point. Right? It's like, okay, what, what bar do I need to cross so that you and I can agree that I have given enough? How much? Now, you, maybe many of you, uh, may do a fabulous job of loving to the correct capacity. I think all of us are susceptible to falling off on this one side or the other, right? To, to either hold back or to overextend. Some of us uh, waffle back and forth on this like a pendulum. and We just gotta go from one to the other. And occasionally we're swinging through the middle and we get it right, okay? But, but we're, we're kinda hitting both extremes depending on the day. How much? So... A few verses later, in Mark chapter 12, Jesus tells us a story of capacity. It's the the end of the chapter, starting in verse 41. Mark writes, Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts, then a poor widow came and dropped in two small Coins. And so here's Jesus collecting people to teach them the lesson. Verse 43, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions, for they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. Now, Before you stress that uh, at the end of this, we're gonna pass around a bucket and ask you to put in everything you made this month. We're not gonna do that. This is a lesson in capacity, in loving with our muchness. This is a woman who didn't give the minimum. She gave to her capacity. This is not giving what feels safe. It's giving everything there is to give. So let's ask a slightly different "how much question. How much are you honoring God with your capacity? How much are you honoring God with your capacity to breathe, to love, to give, to serve? How much are you honoring God with your capacity? Now, money, I think, is probably the most tangible way to talk about this. So we're going to talk about this from a money perspective for just a couple moments, um, and then we'll see how this expands to really be uh, every area of our lives. Uh, Giving to our fullest capacity, if um, we see somebody who, who gives a lot, the best word we have for that is generous. We say, well, they're a giving person, they're a generous person, but In the observations of Jesus there about the rich people coming through and giving from their surplus, we would also call them generous people. We go, wow, look at those people. They have a lot. They're giving a lot. What generous people. So generous doesn't quite capture giving to our capacity. When we're talking about giving, uh, when we're talking about money and, and, and being generous or 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 honoring God with our money, often the how much questions here are things like, well, how much did you give to the church? How much did you give to charity? How much did you give to the mission? How much did you give to the person behind the cardboard sign at the end of the exit? How much did you give? As if somehow there's a, a magic how much bar that if we just hit this number, then we can say, okay, I have accomplished giving to my capacity. Or, Sometimes we ask the how much, well, okay, how much do I need to give? What's the minimum, what's the bar so that I can say, okay, God, I have honored you with my money, the rest, I'll figure out what to do with. We ask how much questions. And these how much questions, to ask these kinds of questions, make it sound like we believe that honoring God with what we give is the same as honoring God with all of our finances. Like the things we give is is the only part of our money, our financial situation that God cares about. Like, Like if we compartmentalize our money and we say, okay, so I've I've got I've got giving here and I've got groceries here and I got rent here and I've got uh, you know families in need over here and and I got church stuff and work things. If I could just split these into a whole bunch of different categories, then then I, I can I can give God the categories that are His and I can have the categories that are are my. This is as true for everything else as it is for money, when we compartmentalize, we limit our ability to give of our whole selves. Life lived in compartments limits our ability to love God, limits your ability to love God with your whole self. Right, like if we're only giving a piece or a slice we divide up life into sections, God's stuff here, me, me stuff there, other people's stuff somewhere else. You undermine your ability to love God with your whole self. So, to keep the, the financial theme if you have the financial strength to buy a car, how are you honoring God with that capacity? And I don't just mean like I'm going to be kind to the salesperson in this transaction. That's also great. But in the actual use of the financial strength you have, how are you honoring God with that capacity? If you have the financial capacity to acquire groceries, and sometimes that financial capacity comes through a paycheck. Sometimes it comes through food stamps and WIC money. If you have the financial capacity to acquire groceries, how are you honoring God with that financial capacity? And when we start talking about capacity in these kinds of ways, I really like, personally, I really like formulas and prescriptions. I really want somebody to just tell me, okay, well, the way that you honor God with your finances in the grocery store is you do this and this and this. A plus B plus C equals God is happy with you. Okay, that's not the question we're asking. And it's certainly not an answer I can give. How are you honoring God? That is a conversation between you and God. This is God drawing us into relationship with him. And we can look at some Old Testament verses about giving and, and God asked them to give 10% and go, that's a great place to start this conversation. Awesome. But what is your capacity? And how is God calling you, asking you to honor him, to love him, to love the people around you with that capacity? capacity. To love God with our whole strength means to love God in every area with every resource to our fullest capacity. But again, this isn't just money. Like we tend to split life into the sacred and the secular. These things are sacred these things are secular. This is the God stuff, and this is stuff that I'll kind of figure out over here, maybe by myself, maybe with God. God things, maybe God things. We kind of split life up that way. There's, there's the churchy stuff, or the things that God's involved in, and the stuff not. Uh, in fact, for those of you who are visual, uh, we have a little chart. Uh, so if we could throw that chart up there. Fabulous. Okay, color-coded even. Um, so we I don't know what your categories are, I don't know what kinds of things you would put in all these wedges. And they you know, have different sizes of priorities for, for everybody. So we just went very standard here. But, but things like, well, giving and spending, church life, family life, work, maybe social media, these areas of life that we engage in. And we have a tendency to go, okay, I've done the church thing with God and, and I'm, I'm working with God on, on what I give to whether that's the church or charities or, or people or families in need, whatever it may be. See, God, I'm honoring you with my life. I went to church, I invested in church. I even went to a small group. I'm doing all the church things and, and I'm, I'm giving my money. See, God, I'm honoring you with my life. This is honoring God with sections, with compartments of our life. And this is how we end up limiting ourselves from loving God with our whole selves Because we settle for, I have loved you with a category. It does not say, love the Lord your God with your heart, your soul, and your churchness, right? Love the Lord your God with all, which looks uh, more like this. Ta-da. All of it. How are you honoring God with your capacity in every area of your life? God has given you certain gifts and talents, certain abilities. Some of those, frankly, plug in really well to the way that we think about church happening. Great. Some of them, it's like, I don't don't know how this fits in church. Okay. Okay. Sometimes we take our gifts and go, well, my gift isn't as cool or as important as this person over here. The things that I'm good at, they don't really matter. Like somehow the gifts that really matter are the ones that get people attention or get people up on a stage. So we just don't share them. We go, ah, mine, or we go, well, sure, but I have the same gift as this other person and they're just so much better at it than me. Like, it seems like I've got a gift for hosting people, but I just, I'm not as good at it as so-and-so, so I'll let them do all of it. We don't use our gift, or we minimize it. Or we say, well, sure, um, I'm really good at organizing things. I just, God has given me a brain for helping see how things go together and, and uh, putting stuff together, organizing stuff, helping other people be organized. And so you landed in a job where you get to use your gift all day. That is fantastic. And so you're just helping organize things and structure things and systemize things all day long. And you get home and you're like, I got nothing. Like I just, I'm done. Now, I'm not going to stand up here and tell you what your capacity is or that you need to go beyond your capacity or how you're gonna balance all that out. But if you're using your God-given gifts at work and not with your family or with your family and not in your job where you have opportunity to do so, how is that honoring God with your capacity in every area of your life? How are you honoring God with your gifts and abilities, with your resources and capacity at home, at work, at the store, the hair salon, at the football game, how are you honoring God in every area of your life? In different ways over the years, uh, people have told me that I have a gift for using words. Now, I, get, uh, I have a job where I get to do that. I get to use that gift and I'm very grateful for that. Some of you uh, do not believe that I have a gift for using words, in which case, God has given you the gift of patience and endurance and I'm very grateful for that as well. I have at different times in my life used my gift for words. I have have used words to proclaim the truth from a stage and to lie to my wife the same day. I, I have used words to build people up and I've used words to gossip and tear people down. I've used words to speak hard truth and have hard conversations. And I have swallowed my words when I should have spoken up. For the record, for anybody who has the capacity to use words, whether you feel gifted in it or not, if you have the capacity to use words, how are you honoring God with that capacity, with the words that you use? If I use my words, if I use my words to proclaim truth, to proclaim the goodness of God, but then treat other people like they are not made in the image of God. If we use our words to praise God in church and then go home and hop on social media and tear apart another creation of God, whether we know them or they're just some famous person on a platform, How are we using our words to honor and love God and love the people he has called us to love? If we use our words to tell people that God loves them and then what they hear from us or what they read from us online is us personally attacking (laughs) a referee or a celebrity or a politician because they made decisions that we don't like or agree with. We're not honoring God with how we use our capacity for words. If I do a really good job with my words with my kids and I build them up and I tell them they are loved, and I say all the right things, which I don't know a parent who's ever said all the right things. If I say all the right things to my kids, use my words just phenomenally with them, but then what they hear from me is they hear me having conversations where I'm tearing somebody else down, where I'm talking behind other people's backs, where I'm stirring up drama, where I'm talking about some politician or football coach and I can't believe they did this and how stupid are they and on and on. What am I actually teaching my kids about our capacity for words and how we're supposed to use it? Be- because they'll, they'll hopefully learn the good things that I'm saying to them and learn what? That, that it's okay to do those things as we honor God with our capacity to speak. If we use our God-given gifts in one place but not another, if we use our God-given capacity to uh, speak, to serve, to love, if we're using our God-given abilities and capacities at work, but not at home, or vice versa. Then we're holding back on the capacity to love that God gave us. If you serve at church, but refuse to love your neighbor, If you think of honoring God with the money you're spending at the grocery store, but refuse to return the cart, even though it's within your capacity and capability to do so. If you expect grace for yourself, but refuse to give it to other people. We are not honoring God to our fullest capacity. We're not loving God with all of our strength and we are not loving our neighbor as he has called us to do. God has shown you and me, he has shown the world that he loves us with all he is and with all he has. That is the Christmas story. At Christmas, we remember as we read in Philippians that Jesus laid down his power but used everything within his power to demonstrate his love for us and to show us as an example how we are to love. So to love God with all of our strength is essentially to do what this series has been about. In every area to your fullest capacity, love the Lord your God with all that you are in every area, with every resource, with every capacity and capability, in every area of your heart, every relationship, every opportunity, in all of your work, all your play, all of your service, in all the things that are within your capacity. Love the Lord your God with all that you are. Because at Christmas time, and hopefully throughout the year, we remember that God loved us. God loved you with all he is first. That God gave himself for us, for you first, before we were ever able to love in return. May we give that same love back to the God who has given it to us by loving him and loving the people around us with everything that is within our capacity to do, to say, to serve, to love. So as we seek to do that this week and as the worship team comes up to lead us in our final song, can I pray for us? Father God, we wanna do more than just give you a category or two of our lives. God, we want to honor all you have done for us. Honor your gift of forgiveness. Honor your gift of love, sacrifice. Honor your gift of peace. By giving you all of us, by surrendering our lives, by giving you our love to our fullest capacity. God, would you guide us? Would you give us the courage to step into that? For some of us, going to our capacity or restricting ourselves to our capacity is gonna be a little scary. God, would you give us the courage? Would you give us your peace? would you give us a sense of wholeness, that we aren't divided in, in, in sacred here and, and secular here and your stuff and my stuff. God, would you give us the wisdom, the openness, the courage to see it all as yours and to give it all to you to return the love that you have given to us. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for checking out our podcast. Find out more or connect online at easthillsalliance.org.